All right, amen. I could have sat down for like another half hour, but praise God. So good to see everybody here this morning. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Jason, and I'm a servant here at New Hope Kailua, and I have a, the blessing, the privilege of being able to share the message this morning. Uh, but before we do that, we just want to let everybody know that the drive-in movie is free. So before you pull up and your kids are hiding under the blanket in the backseat, I don't know if you guys did that before. You guys did that. I know you guys did that. Well, you don't have to do that for this time. Everybody can just sit in plain sight and drive in. Yeah, amen. But uh, can you believe that we are passing Thanksgiving, even though this is the Thanksgiving service, we passed Thanksgiving, passed Black Friday, even though this year Black Friday started in like, what, like June or so. Yeah, but, but we passed Black Friday and we're heading right to Christmas. I mean, Christmas is like a few weeks away. And, uh, and then New Year's after that. And I don't know about you guys, but I'm kind of ready for a New Year's this year. I mean, 2020 has been so crazy this year that they said they're going to train, they're going to change. Uh, if you have good vision, it's no longer 2020 vision. It's the opposite. It, it's, they, they're going to call bad vision 2020. But no, sorry. I actually just made that up. So I'd appreciate a little bit more laughter than, no, no, just joke. No, but it's, it's been just a, a crazy year, and, and, but we're excited. We're excited that that we're in the house of God, and, and there is hope in the Lord, and, and that's what we're going to talk about today. And if you're with us uh, for the first time, we just want to say that the, the past few weeks, well, first we want to say welcome. Thank you for being with us today. And you are now officially a part of New Hope Kailua, and you have to come back next week. So you're a part of our family. But we've been going through a series on gratitude and recapturing gratitude, and Pastor Mark has been leading us the past couple weeks and just a powerful message. And, and it's been amazing because just prior to him, him sharing his message on gratitude, and, and just so happened I, I had talked with somebody and they were telling me about, about the heart of gratitude. And I was trying to uh, just start that with our family and just start our days off in prayer. And just simply, when, I, when we start our prayer, just thanking God for his goodness, thanking God for all that he is in our life, thanking God. And we're so fortunate here in Hawaii just like you shared there. I mean, we're, so, we're surrounded by so much things here that, are, that the people around the world would just be so blessed to have. So, I mean, there's so many reasons to be thankful here. And so I was trying to start my days off with Thanksgiving and end my days with Thanksgiving. So it's just been an amazing series. Uh, but one of the most impactful um, things that Pastor Mark talked about, the, the illustrations that he gave, I don't know if you guys remember the first week, but he talked about focusing on the donut. Probably one of the most powerful illustrations I've ever heard. I, have, I forget what it's about, but I remember focusing on the donut for some reason. And, and, I, and I've just been totally trying to focus on the donut, man. I just, it's just been like I wake up and I'm like, focus on the donut, focus on the donut. And so I've been practicing and I've been trying to buy those donuts and focus on it. I, I, we, God's going to bring it back to me one day, but I try to keep it close. You know, remember those pictures? You keep it close and you zoom out and then you can see the, it pops out at you. No, but seriously, it was a powerful message. And basically, he was teaching us that, that with gratitude, it's so important to have gratitude. And gratitude is so powerful in our lives. It can truly influence our, our attitude. It can influence our, our very being, you know. And 
But it's not only important to have gratitude, but it's important, important to have gratitude that uh, doesn't come with anything else. And, and a good example of that was, just like Pastor Mark said, you cannot have gratitude and bitterness. You cannot have gratitude and still have anxiousness. You got to come with a full heart of gratitude and leave the other stuff at, at the Lord's feet. And, and I experienced that firsthand, and it, and it was perfect uh, the first week that he shared this because, as I said, I was trying to have gratitude in my prayers, and, and I was coming to God, but then I didn't know why, but I was still being affected negatively, and I could see the change. And, and it, then I went, it dawned on me that I had a lot of bitterness towards something that was going on at work, and there was some anxiety. There was, there was just a lot of other things. It was small, and I was trying to leave it at work, but you can't do that. You got you to gotta give it all to the Lord and just fully have gratitude. But today, for the last week of our service on, on gratitude, I wanted to talk about a different type of gratitude. The gratitude I wanted to talk about today is, is what, what about the kind of gratitude when it's just impossible to have a heart of gratitude? You know what I'm talking about? When, when there's just things going on in your life and there's no doubt that there's things going on in people's lives this year. They just keep them from, just keep them in a, in a zone of like, right, you don't know what I'm dealing with this year. There's no way I can have joyful Thanksgiving. There's no way I can just celebrate as you guys celebrate because, you know, I lost a job or I lost a loved one or who knows what it is. I'm, I'm dealing with loneliness, whatever it is. So many different things going on in our lives that cause this. And, and so I just wanted to look today and, and I totally understand this. Because as many of you know, but if some of you don't know, we, we lost our son a few years ago. In fact, the last time I saw Brother Barrett was he was singing at our son's funeral. But when we lost our son, there was no way that I was having any gratitude. In fact, as a Christian, I was actually dealing with a lot of bitterness, a lot of anger, a lot of frustration. And, and if you told me, just, just have gratitude in the Lord for what he's done, I wasn't having it. So what we wanted to look at today is this right here. Is it possible, is it possible to have gratitude and grief exist in you at the same time? And the easy answer is, yes, it is. But the hard thing is, I know if, if you're here today and you're dealing with that, there's absolutely no way you can understand that. And, and it's, and it's going to be hard to understand it, but... But I just ask that you just stay with us and you just listen in and just hear what God has to say about this very subject. So before we even move forward, I just want to start off with prayer. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for everyone here today, Lord. And we thank you. If there's anybody here today, here in person, here online, here watching, wherever they're watching from, Lord, I pray that you would touch their heart. I know that just the fact that they're here today is a miracle in itself. And just the fact that they're here today speaks volumes to what they're hoping to see in the future, Lord. So I pray that you would keep them here with us, that you would keep them with open hearts and hearts ready to receive you. And Father, we just thank you. We just pray that you would speak this message just as you spoke it the first time you shared it. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Well, as we start off this message, we wanted to go to a scripture. But before we go to this scripture, uh, 
I just wanted to kind of paint the picture. So it's Matthew 5, 1 through 3, and most of you know it. It's the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. And, but the picture is this. So Jesus has just started his ministry, and he's, he's beginning to uh, heal people and cast out demons, and, and he's just starting off. And people are starting to hear about him. Who, who is this Jesus? So he's starting to draw interest from people. So he's walking by the sea, and he sees some fishermen, and he calls them over, come follow me. He keeps walking, and then another, a, a larger group starts following him. He notices that this group is following him. Now, this group that's following him isn't religious leaders. In fact, it's actually outcasts. It's people probably living in the slums. It's people who are dealing with sickness. They're dealing with heartache. They're dealing with financial struggles probably, maybe food struggles, just being able to eat. They're dealing with all kinds of issues, and these people are following Jesus. And so if we go to Matthew 5, 1 through 3, it says that Jesus, seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And the crazy thing about this scripture is, it, it started off with, with blessed. Yeah? And it's saying, blessed are the poor in spirit. Now this, this scripture is super important to me because when our son passed, and, and I was in the bathroom and just trying to get away from everybody, and I was crying out to God and, and just empty. I was just empty, and I, and I said, God, serious, what, what is going on? Why is this happening? And it's just like the loudest I've ever heard and felt God speak to me before. And he just said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for yours is the kingdom of heaven. And I just didn't understand. I was like, okay, yeah, whatever. Blessed are the poor in spirit. But this is not blessing. And the crazy thing is, the, these people at this time who were receiving this message were being taught prior to Jesus sharing this. They were taught by the religious leaders that to be blessed means to have, it, mean, it basically means that God is with you. So if God is with you, you wouldn't be in this predicament. So being that you're in this predicament, you're probably not blessed. So they're, they're coming to Jesus and they're waiting for Jesus to teach them and, and tell them how can we become blessed. But Jesus tells them just the opposite. He tells them that you are exactly where you need to be right now to receive this blessing. And the powerful thing is this is exactly what the world teaches us today. Huh? I don't know when's the last time you're driving down the road and you saw an old broken down car who, that can barely run with rust holes all the way through that you can barely see any of the body left and you saw a big blessed sticker on the back, yeah? Most of us haven't seen that. Usually, what kind of cars do we see blessed stickers on the back of? And we see Cadillacs, we see BMWs, we see all these cars. And I, when I pull up behind those cars, I'm like, oh, I guess I'm not blessed. I guess I'm a little bit less blessed than these guys. But the crazy thing is, Jesus teaches the exact opposite thing. And he teaches them that this is exactly where you need to be to begin this journey, to begin to be blessed. And the powerful thing about this, and, and the number one point, if you're taking notes, if you're not taking notes, you can go back to sleep. But the power thing about, powerful thing about this is, and, and I, 
when I look at this, is every new foundation starts with a groundbreaking. And, and the thing I thought about this is that when I look at this, and it kind of reminds me, Jesus is teaching, it kind of reminds me of a, of a tailboard or a, or a um, what is it, a briefing, a, tail, a briefing, a job briefing. And so if it's like me, in, in our place of work, we, we have a, you know, we deal with a lot of dangers. And so what happens every time we get together is we all come together, everybody who's going to be doing the job, and we start talking and we start discussing and we start off with the most important things, the qualifications. Are you guys qualified to do this? Do you, who here is qualified to do this and who's not qualified to do this? If we don't have the right people, we can't do this. And the powerful thing to me is that Jesus starts this off with blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are the mourning, blessed are the meek. Basically, he's laying the foundation for what's about to come, for the rest of his teachings. And, and you know, if you read the Sermon on the Mount, you see that Jesus is, what Jesus is going to do, what he's explaining about his life and the way he, he deals with life is so different than the way the world teaches. But he says that in order to start that, you have to start from a groundbreaking. You have to start from the, the rock bottom of your life. And sometimes that's what it takes. And, and if those of you who know who's, who's ever built something before, or a foundation or a building, if you're going to build, before you can start going up, you got to dig down. You got to move away the, the loose dirt. You got to get down to bedrock. You got to get down to the, to the rock bottom, like I said. And it's not fun, but sometimes that's exactly what, what God does in our lives. Yeah? He wants to get us down to the bottom. And Jesus says in Mark 2, 17, that he came for the sick. He didn't come for the healthy. And that's the exact opposite of what the, the religious leaders of, the, of that time were teaching them. And so it was such a blessing to these people that they, they were now realizing, they're hearing for the first time that, wow, this is where, where I'm at right now. I'm poor in spirit. I'm suffering. This is what I'm dealing with. And you're telling me that I'm in the exact place that I need to be. It's just such a powerful image and, and testimony to our God and, and how amazing he is and what he wants to do in your life. Number two is that we need to allow the time for God to set his foundation. And if you're like me, in the past, you're in a hurry. I've, anybody ever put up some kind of structure, some kind of building? I put up a tool shed one time, and I was in a hurry, so I, I just kind of cleared things away, and I, and I just ran on the grass, just started putting things up. And, and then what happened was it was fine on the ground. But once I started putting things together, it wasn't working out. Like, things weren't matching up. Things weren't, I mean, if I could get it there through a lot of duct tape and, and glue, which wasn't in the package for some reason, but I got it there. I got it up. But what happened is as soon as things started happening, as soon as the weather started happening, that thing just came crumbling down. But what God says is that this type of faith, this type of place that you're in that allows for gratitude even through grief, we got to take our time and we got to dig down. We got to get a solid foundation and we got to build this, this new beginning on that foundation. In James 1, 2 through 4, it says, The testing of your faith. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, 
that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And I just wanted to break away from, from where we were before, but I just wanted to talk to us as Christians, or even those of us who aren't um, maybe dealing with this type of issue right now in our lives. But oftentimes, it's possible that when we come to situations as Christians, we come, because God calls us, right after the Beatitudes, God calls us to be the salt of the earth. Sometimes we come, to, we come to these situations more like swat of the earth than we do the salt of the earth. You know what I'm saying? Because we know the scriptures. We know what to do when we're, in, when we're facing trials because a lot of us have been there. But God calls us to, be, to, become, to come to these people and to, to preserve them where they're at, to meet them where they're at, to be Jesus to them, yeah? But a lot of times we come and we want to immediately take them out of that because we know what God says. But what happens when we take them out too soon is that they miss the, the firm foundation that, that God is trying to lay in their lives. They miss the, the digging. They miss the time that it takes to lay that foundation. So it's so important for all of us when, when we're faced with our brothers and sisters who are dealing with these struggles that we be Jesus to them. Yeah, It's not... It's not about being what we know the scriptures say to be. It's just being Jesus to them. And the perfect example of that is, is when Jesus showed up himself with the sinners, and he was always, he was always uh, talked down to about this. He always ate with the sinners. He always met with the sinners. He always met with those who were hurt. And that's exactly what we need to do. Rather than take them out of it, we need to be there with them. So we know exactly, we know that we're in a place, yeah, if we're dealing with this suffering. And I just want to reach out to even our, our brothers and sisters here in church because I think a lot of times in church, like we come here and, and we leave our troubles in a parking lot someplace, yeah. But really we're struggling inside. We're, we're dealing with issues. And, I, and I, talked, I texted Pastor Mark like a couple weeks ago and I was like, bro, Pastor Mark, I cannot... Cannot, get, cannot do this message. Someone else got to do the message, bro. And he's like, oh, bro, what's going on? And, and, and I was like, our, my marriage, we're struggling right now. We're, it, it's, it's tough, bro. We're, it got to the point so bad that, that we got into a fight so bad that it was, we were talking about divorce. Like, we we're talking about, uh, cannot do this anymore. And Pastor Mark was like, oh, you know what, bro? This is the enemy. The enemy's using this, bro, but... We're gonna get we're gonna get through this. Pray on this and let's move forward. But I just want to say for all of us here, if you're dealing with anything, don't leave it at the door. Don't leave it out there, because it's waiting there for when you leave this place. Yeah. Share it with our with brothers and sisters here, so we can all share it together and we can work through this together. We can pray on this together. So we know that we're in the right place already now. If we're feeling that, that heart of heaviness, that, that heart of, of dealing with suffering, that heart of, of struggle right now. And like Kahu Barrett said, dealing with the loss of a loved one, it's, it's, it's unimaginable. Yeah? And to imagine that you can have gratitude through that is, is not of this world. Yeah? So we know that. And we know that God wants to build a foundation in our lives through this opportunity. And I believe that 2020 is, is that exact foundation. Yeah? God wants to build on this, on all of us this year, because we all know that there's something coming. Yeah? 
think great, greater things are ahead of us, and God wants to build on this. So what do we do then for all of us? What do we do when we move forward from this day? What is our next plan of action? I think the, the greatest plan of action is to remember who your God is. And the importance of that, and you look in, in Job uh, 38 through 42, chapters 38 through 42. As you guys know Job's story, Job, Job was faced with unimaginable heartache, with unimaginable pain and suffering. He lost his entire family. He lost everything he had. He, he was covered head to toe in, in sores, in, in boils. And he was just dealing with this, this great heartache in his life. And the crazy thing about it is his friends, coming from the, the same mindset as, as the religious leaders of that time, immediately started to tell him that, oh, what did you do wrong, Job? You must have done something wrong if you're in this situation. But Job is crying out to God through this, through this situation, and he's saying, God, what, what is going on? Like, where are you, God? Why aren't you, why aren't you here? Why aren't you meeting with me? And a lot of times we feel that way, especially when we're going through our sufferings. And it's, that's why it's the greatest example to me. And, and God shows up to Job, and he, and he talks to him. And he shares with Job exactly, Job, he shares with him exactly what he's done in his life. Where were you when I formed the heavens and the earth? Where were you when I formed all these things around you? Where were you when I set the boundaries for these things? And, and it goes for four chapters, just laying out all these things that God is laying out. And, and the cool thing about this is, is Job wasn't pleasant to God. I don't, it doesn't sound like he was pleasant, like, hey God, please forgive me. for It sounds like he was pretty ticked off. Like he, was, he was frustrated. He was dealing with life. And, and God met him exactly where he was at, and God told him that, explained to him exactly who he was, exactly who your God is. And so that's what we need to do, because as soon as Job realized exactly who his God was, he was then able to turn his heart of, of, of heartache, of suffering, and he was able to say, repent and say, God, I'm sorry for what I've done. I'm sorry for my heart. Worship God. Then he was able to turn with the heart and to even pray for his friends that were persecuting him. And so for us, as we move forward today, I think it's important that, that we remember who our God is. So as an assignment for all of us, when we go home, if, if you are not a Christian and you're here today, you may not know who God is. So I, I just want to pray that if that is you and you're here today, that you come and you talk to me or you come and you talk to Pastor Mark or, or you give our church a call and, and get connected to us so we can lead you in the right direction. But if you are here today and you are a Christian, and although you're not going through the suffering right now, I want to challenge you to go home today or sometime this week, and I want to challenge you to remember the things that God has done in your life. To look, at, to look at pictures that remind you of, of those times when God has done miracles in your life. It was a blessing This came to my mind because my mom has been sharing pictures with us. And I was looking through it and I saw a picture that totally reminded me of a time in my life where, man, it was a dark time and God brought me through that. So take those pictures and blow them up and put them on your walls and, and so that you, when you walk by, you see that and you remember that. Remember who your God is. Remember and, and share it with your children if you have children. Tell your children what God has done in your lives so that you guys can all remember it together. 
then you can become, you can get into a place when you develop that heart of gratitude for what God has done. You can rest on that foundation that he's set in your life through the suffering, through the trials, and you can praise God. You can worship God. You can give gratitude to God even in a place of grief and suffering. We've been blessed throughout our lives, throughout the Bible, to see examples of gratitude. Yeah? We see David, as Pastor Mark shared the other week. David went, went through some crazy things. Yeah? And I love David because David struggled. Right? He did some dumb things in his life, as I have done. But David suffered. He struggled, and he cried out to God and in his loneliness, in his time in the desert. He cried out to God, and, and, he, and he was able to, although he was crying out to God for help, he was also crying out to God and saying, thank you, Lord, for who you are. And that's just so powerful. It's Jesus, as we know. Jesus suffered unimaginable suffering. And he didn't have to suffer that way. But he chose to suffer that way just for because he loves us so much. And he knew the prize that was set before him. And those of you who have been a part of New Hope Kailua, remember our amazing sister, our Auntie Dora, yeah? For those of you who don't remember Auntie Dora and, and also Uncle Brian, Uncle Brian and Auntie Dora both were dealing with cancer. They were with us from the foundation of our church, from the very beginning of our church. Uncle Brian ended up so, uh, with his mouth so deformed from the cancer and from the treatments that he could barely talk. But even when he talked, he would, he would worship God. Even when he talked, he was the first one here every weekend he was the first one to help out every time there was an opportunity to help. And he was always worshiping God. And you can tell that he was in pain. You could tell that he was suffering. But he still worshiped. Auntie Dora is crazy. Crazy Auntie Dora is just amazing. Such a powerful woman. When we first started, we had a large group of men that were here with, with New Hope Kailua. There's all these big macho men like Sivan. And then, and then they were, but they were just involved with the church. And Auntie Dora got all of us men to dance hula. And she came to us, she said, hey, brothers, I like you guys dance hula. And they, oh, nah, Auntie Dora, I, no, nah, I cannot dance hula. Sorry, maybe somebody else. And she said, no, brother, I like you dance hula. And I was like, oh, okay, yes, yes, Auntie, I'm going to dance hula. But it was so powerful because how could you tell this woman no? She was, she was basically, her body was filled with cancer. It got to the point, it was so bad that I never will forget this day, and it was at a halal practice. And at that halal practice, I showed up, and she said, Hey, how are you, brother? How was your day? And, and I don't even remember. I, I just remember saying, ah, complaining about something. And I was like, ah, some stuff going on at work, auntie. That's it's hard. I'm struggling at work. But I'll never forget her answer. Because I asked her, auntie, how's your day? And she said, ah, it's awesome, bro. My day is awesome. And I say, oh, wow, right on. What you guys did? Oh, no, I'm recovering. Because uh, yesterday I had one surgery, and, and she had had so many surgeries that she, this surgery was different because she had to go under to remove a lump in her breast. She couldn't use anesthesia. She couldn't use the normal way of do the normal thing, a uh, proper way of doing surgery. She had to be awake and watch the whole thing. And through that, she was able to still say to me, she's like, brother, I could see them cutting it out. I could feel them tugging at my skin. I could feel them tugging at the tumor as they pulled it out. 
And then she just continued on and said, ah, but God is so good, bro. And I'm so blessed by God. And, and that forever changed my life. And that will forever impact me. And I believe it's been the foundation of the growth of our church from the start. But another amazing, amazing example of God's goodness and, and of the ability and, and the, the place where you can be, that you can have gratitude in the heart of grief, is through our beloved queen, Lili Okolani. And I'm going to have my brother Barrett come up and share on this because I, I can't do it justice, but I just want you to hear the heart of our beloved queen. Yeah, Mahalo, Jason. Good word. Thank you, guys. Can you give him some love? Good word. Powerful. That is a tough message to give, and so I appreciate the transparency and authenticity and, and the realness in that. It's a good church when you get that kind of stuff. Amen to that. There's no fluff. Right? No sugarcoating. Mm. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God for that. Seriously. Love it. Um, well, I have the, the honor to share a little bit about Queen Lili Okalani. And uh, if you don't know who she is, she was our last reigning queen of Hawaii. And, and um, if you heard of the illegal overthrow, um, it happened. It was illegal. Uh, but we have love in our hearts and forgiveness, and we, we continue to persevere and move forward. Um, but she was the one that not only had to represent Hawaii, like she was the one that everybody looked to because she was that well-respected. And so if you put yourself in, in her place to understand the kuleana or the, the responsibility that she had that every, pretty much everybody going to follow what she says and what she's going to do. That's how it was back then. It ain't like that now. The governor says something, like, yeah, whatever, I'm going to do my thing. But this ali'i of the state of Hawaii, when she said something or she did something, they were going to follow. And so she had that kuleana. She writes this song. She wrote many, many. She's, she's the greatest composer and songwriter of, of, our, of our people. I firmly believe that, even, even till today. Nobody's written the kind of songs that she's written, many hits that she's written that we still sing today. But this one particular song, known as the Queen's Prayer. Our Queen Little Kalani, we know she was in prison, like in her own house, which is the Iolani Palace. Okay? She was in prison, okay, in her own hale. Can you imagine your own house and then somebody comes and says, Yep, you know what? You're in prison in your own house. You cannot leave. And we're going to have guards all the way around, and you cannot leave this place. Okay? Yeah, it would drive me nuts. I don't think I would make it past five days. I'll start throwing blows or doing something. But, you know, her heart, and, and the beauty behind this is a foundation. Thank you. She already had a foundation in Jesus. That was her rock. That was her foundation already. Yeah? And so... She was already having that. So she gets put into her own house in prison. Just, okay, just think of that now. And she pens this song called The Queen's Prayer. I'm going to read from um, what, the, what she wrote in these four verses. While she's in prison in her own house, okay, she has been, been done wrong. This, this 
there's scraps going on outside too. And there's fight, right? There's turmoil, there's conflict uh, between the foreigners and between the people that want to take over, between the Kanaka, the people from here. Okay, and she's, she's afraid because the reason why she took the imprisonment, basically she didn't want bloodshed. She didn't want her people to die. She made the right decision to do what she did. I firmly believe that. It saved our people. But she says in her four verses, the first verse says this. Your loving mercy is as high as heaven and your truth so perfect. Gratitude. Right? Having that gratitude in this time, right? There's major turmoil. Not just with her, again, her kuleana, like we just go through our stuff. But she has a nation's kuleana on her shoulders. She's carrying all of that burden. And she writes, your loving mercy is as high as heaven and your truth is so perfect. So she knew the Beatitudes. She knew God's love. She knew the truth behind who he really was. Okay? And she goes on the second verse and says, I live in sorrow. So she being real. She being authentic. I live in sorrow, imprisoned. You are my light, your glory, and my support. So in that sorrow or hard times, she is knowing that knowing her God, Right is the light and the glory and her support. I don't know how many times I've had to say, God, help me, God, help me, God, help me, God, help me, God, help me. Probably a million times in my life. That's the first prayer I go to when something gets hard. It's like, God, help me, God, help me, God, help me. Because I know it works. He's the foundation. He's going to bring me through it. And then her third verse says, Behold, not with malevolence we don't use that kind of words now okay but the sins of man so she calls it out she being real this thing lasts forever this song still we still sing this kawaii hao we sing it every sunday at the end of service but she's saying the sins of man but forgive but forgive and cleanse because she knows only one can cleanse those sins of man. No guns, right? No conflict, no fight. Only Jesus at the cross can cleanse. And her last verse, she closes out by saying, And so, O Lord, again, knowing who her Lord is. Get plenty believers in Christ. I've noticed this in, in my time in ministry. Plenty believers very few followers. Big difference. That's another sermon. Go for it, Pastor Mark. Okay? And so, O oh Lord, protect us beneath your wings. Right? Protect us beneath your wings. I love that. That's the Hawaiian way. Yeah? That's like beneath your wings. Yeah? Before the song, beneath your wings. Anyway, no, sorry. My mind is going crazy. And let peace, let peace, peace be our portion. Okay? Your peace be our portion now and forevermore. And she goes on to be in prison pretty much the rest of her life. And she was struggling in her marriage. It's written. She, wasn't, she never had one great marriage. But this woman, this queen, continued to persevere in God's love and his truth throughout 
right? Her struggle wasn't just one day when she went into prison. Pretty much the rest of her life, her adult life and kupuna life, she was dealing with these struggles. And she wrote many other songs. But So today, we are going to be blessed. song for you guys, the Queen's Prayer. If I start crying in the middle of the song, just keep hula, okay? Just keep the hula going. Yes. But this song um, is very dear to my heart. Um, I recorded it um, as well. But this song is a powerful song because it, you know, even though we didn't live in those times in the 1800s, and, um, but we know enough of the struggle. But again, thank God for a woman of faith and a woman of God like her, Lilio Kalani. In a time, guys, we think our times are hard today. It's so free, whatever we do. In those times, she was queen. Everybody knew. There is no one that does not know, even till today and forevermore, who her God was and who her faith was in Jesus Christ. So that power we're going to share today in, in our way uh, through Mele. Uh, she wrote this beautiful song, um, and the beautiful hula is, is, um, is going to be breathtaking. Um, I was asked, actually, this is the reason why I came today, was to share this song along with the hula, and I would never say no to things like that. And then Sino was like, oh, you like worship? <laughs> it's like, shoot, we can, we can. But mahalo to Jason. And to all of you, uh, we share this makana, this gift with you today. Uh, if you don't know um, who Queen Liliokalani is, this song will speak volumes of our latest queen.
Amen, amen. Thank you so much. Let's just close in prayer and thank God for his amazing goodness, man. Lord, we're so grateful for you today. You know. Just to have a, to be able to compose a song like this and to be able to do things at the cross, to go to the cross for your people, to represent your people, to sacrifice your life, to represent the people speaks volumes of your goodness, Lord. Speaks volumes of who we know you are, Lord. Speaks volumes of the joy that is set before each one of us, even in suffering, even in mourning, even in pain. No matter where we are in this life today, we thank you, Father, that you are the joy that is set before us and that we can walk in strength, in courage, in might, in love, and in peace in you, Lord. So we just thank you, Father. We pray for each person here that as they leave this place that they would walk in you, Lord, and that they would walk in your truths and your foundation and in your might. And that we'd be the light in this world, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right, another hand for our awesome Kahoot Barrett and Brother Kevin. Thank you guys for your service. Have a blessed week.